Hello, everybody. Welcome back to She Talks. This is Ale. And it's been another kind of crazy week. Um, I kind of finished up my January session last week, as I told you guys, I think, in the last episode. So this whole week, I had the entire week off from school because I start classes back up again on Monday the 8th. Which, to me, is kind of crazy to think that like I've technically been on winter break since the end of November and I'm already starting my second semester on Monday. By the time you guys are listening to this, um, Monday is literally tomorrow for y'all. Or honestly, you guys are probably listening to this whenever. So the 8th, February 8th. But anyways, this whole week, it was a really nice week. I got to see two of my best friends, Allie and Ashley, and it's been a really long time since I've seen them. And it was just good to like catch up with them and just talk about everything. I love you guys. But I don't know. This week, like I said, since I had so much free time, it got me thinking about all these crazy stories that I have or like literally something like bizarre went on at work the other day. And when I was talking with Allie and Ashley, we just kept talking about our old memories. And I don't know, it just, it made me realize that I feel like I have so much crazy stuff that kind of goes on in my life or has gone on in my life that I feel like it would be entertaining for you guys to hear. A lot of this stuff is kind of recent, so I don't know. Probably you guys have heard it already. I'm kind of bummed because I have a lot of, like, funny stories, I feel like, but I can't remember any of them for some reason. So I wrote down on a list um, all the things that I could remember, and that's what I'm going to share with you guys today. Like I said, there's no filter here. I don't hold anything back. I'm giving you guys the entire, like, unfiltered story. Maybe I'll, like... I don't think I talk really about, like, other people in this, other than, like, strangers. (laughs) So, I'm probably literally going to be as raw as I can. But, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. I'm exposing myself 100%, but it's fine because I love you guys. And literally, like, all I ever do is overshare. So, (laughs) let's get started. I also put a little poll on my She Talks Instagram. By the way, you guys should follow that so you can get me give some input on these episodes. But basically, on my Instagram, I put up a little poll and asked you guys just like ask me basically any questions you wanted to that you wanted me to answer on this podcast. Basically, I'm going to start with one of the questions I kind of got submitted. Not questions, but like topics. And this is kind of a big... Um, it's just a good introduction to my life and to the rest of the stories here. So somebody asked me to talk about the transition from elementary school to middle school and then from like middle school to high school. And I really wanted to talk about this one. Shout out to Allie for asking me about this. But basically, I feel like, I don't know, growing up through school shaped me so much into the person I am today. Obviously, it shapes everyone into the person they are today, but I feel like there's just so many little things that went on in my life, like, because of school, that has just made me the way that I am today. So basically, let's talk about transitioning from elementary school to middle school. So I thought middle school was honestly super similar to elementary school when I first started. It wasn't too crazy of a transition, but middle school is when I became way more self-aware of, like, my self-image. 
And that's when I kind of started to have crushes on boys and my real first crush happened in seventh grade. Um, I'm a thousand percent sure that if you know me, you know who this person is. But basically, I, like in elementary school, I don't know, I had like, I like thought boys were cute, but I would never, like, I was never aware that like, you could get like a boyfriend one day or like you would end up like like I don't know that you could like meet your potential like um partner like through school or whatever I don't know I was never really aware of that and then when I was in middle school that's kind of when I like I said I developed my first real crush when I was 12 and oh my god I'm literally okay I'm gonna go into detail about how this started I remember it was seventh grade it was like the first week of school shout out to Allie I think you remember this, but we were waiting in the lunch line with this boy and um, we all walked into like the cafeteria. And also, by the way, like I said in the past, like boys just have never really given me attention. Like I'm not used to getting attention from guys. So when I do get attention from guys, it's like I notice it a lot. I don't not like a lot, but like it's very much brought to my attention when I'm given attention to a guy or when a guy is like goes out of his way to do something for me or talk to me or whatever like I really like I notice those things because like I said like I'm not used to like having attention from boys so anyways I'm literally in the cafeteria I remember and I was like trying to like open the like little refrigerator door in our cafeteria to like get like a juice out or something and I remember this boy like comes up and he was in my classes and he just like opened the door for me and I was like, oh, thank you. And I, like, grabbed my juice, didn't think much of it. And then I'm leaving the cafeteria, and I had, like, so much stuff in my hands. And this boy is opening the cafeteria doors for me so I can, like, walk out. And I just thought that was, like, so sweet. And I'm not even kidding. That moment, I was like, I think I like him. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I like this boy. But then <clears throat> I remember um, after school one day, oh, no, after school that same day, Allie and I used to carpool all the time. So her and I were leaving our sixth period class and we're like walking to our cars. And I remember we like, this boy was like brought up in conversation. And I remember her and I just kind of talking about him. And then, you know, I don't know. I remember her and I were like talking about him. And someone, she told me, she was like, oh, well, someone said that he was like weird or something. And then, um, she was like, but he's, like, really nice. And I was like, yeah, he is really nice. And I got, like, so giddy. But, like, this little, like, seventh grade crush that I had turned into something kind of pivotal in my life. If he's listening to this, I'm like, you know who you are. <laughs> but, <clears throat> hey, um, it was really pivotal in my life. And basically... Like, as a 12-year-old boy, he treated me with, like, so much respect because, like I said, I'm not used to getting, like, attention from boys. Like, the only attention I got from guys was because of, like, my two older brothers, and I really only knew how to have a friendship with a man, with a guy, because of my brothers. Like, we would make fun of each other. I was, like, like, I have my tomboy side, but I also have my very girly side, and, like, that's just how I've always been, like, growing up. Like, I can just be, like, I can be a bro, but at the same time, I'm, like, a girly girl. And, like, whenever I, I see guys or I hang out with guys, like, my bro side comes out. Like, I'm, 
I act more like a boy. Like, I'll talk about, like, rap music or, I don't know. Or, like, I played video games growing up. So, I'd, like, I'd connect with guys on, like, video games and, like, sports, football, all that stuff. And this boy was very much into the same things I was into. And I remember, like, the day that I really liked him, that I knew, like, I had true feelings for him. It was him and I got, like, paired up on, like, this project in science class. And we were both, like, basically, like, um, two people in the class got assigned, like, the same organism or something. And then you had to do, like, research about it. And then I don't know if anyone remembers these things. There were, like, these blow-up igloo things. And, like, your science teachers would, like, rent them, rent them out, like, sometimes. And then you could, like, go inside and, like, look at the stars in it. Does anyone remember that? I hope... I hope at least some of you, like, remember that. If not, just, like, look up, like, inflatable igloo thing to look at the stars in or whatever. And basically, like, you would go in it with your science class and, like, your teacher could, like, project something onto, like, the ceiling of the inflatable igloo thing. I don't know. I hope I'm explaining that well enough. But basically, me and this boy got assigned the same organism. And when it was, like, the day for us to go in the igloo thing, we went in the igloo thing, whatever, and we had to sit next to our partner So, obviously, I'm sitting right next to him. And then my teacher projected, like, all our organisms on, like, the ceiling of the igloo thing, whatever. Me and this boy, like, presented our little parts. And then we finished early. So, our teacher was like, oh, do you guys want to look at the stars? And everyone was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, guys, like, lay down. Like, we'll stare at the stars. And I remember me and this boy laid down right next to each other. And we were, like, staring at the stars. And... All I remember was, like, him and I both looked at each other, like, at the same time. Like, we both turned our heads to look at each other, and we smiled. And I was so shy, so, like, I stared back up at the stars. But, I don't know, ever since then, like, that feeling... I hope this, like, doesn't sound weird, but, like, that feeling as, like, a little 12-year-old girl... Like, that's the feeling I hope to achieve when I, like, meet, like, the next guy... I'm gonna like seriously date if that makes sense at the time this boy like those feelings that I had like that was the one last time I want to say I've had like true butterflies for a boy and obviously like me and um this guy we're friends now we're homies but like I've always just kind of kept that feeling in my mind not necessarily like um like just like that feeling like I know when I when i seriously like a guy again I will get like I know what the butterflies feel like if that makes any sense I'm not trying to say like I still have a thing for this guy but I know what those butterflies feel like when you really care about someone if that makes sense and the thing is it's like him and I like went through so much that like I'm there's always gonna I'm always gonna have like love for him and we're friends and I love that but I don't know, like, he was just, like, so sweet. He was, my, he was my first crush. I feel like you guys have that with, like, your first crushes or whatever. Like, those butterflies are very unmatched, if that makes sense. But anyways, it really taught me that if he wanted to, he would. And hear me out. Because this boy would do the most for me. He treated me so perfectly and so sweet and always made me feel special. Was always, like, texting me, checking up on me. Like, when I would see him at school, he would walk me to all my classes. He even made a bracelet for me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He made a bracelet for me one time. And I remember it was on picture day. And he made me this bracelet. And 
he had it on his wrist first of all and then he was like oh yeah i just made this bracelet and i'm like oh that's so cool and he's like oh do you want to try it on and i was like yeah sure and i'm trying to try it on and my wrist was too big and i broke the bracelet he made me and i felt terrible and then his next period he asked his he asked his teacher to like glue it back together for him and like help help him fix it for me because i have a fat wrist and my wrist couldn't fit his freaking bracelet but it was the sweetest thing and it was just like stuff like that like he just treated me so well and just really respected me and like he understood that like strict parents and was like willing to like wait it out till i was like old enough to date and all that stuff but it really taught me that if he wanted to he would because this boy he did the most for me and like i said like i'm never gonna settle because if a 12 year old boy can treat me like that then a grown man now can also treat me like that or even better you know what i mean also i think it's just because like that's how he is as a person he's just a really good guy and so i'm like 100 percent sure like that's why he treated me so well just because he's a good guy but anyways that was kind of like my middle school experience was like <clears throat> i was kind of navigating like my feelings like with boys like i i understood what it felt like to have a real crush but at the same time i was so hyper aware of my self-image like like oh my gosh because that's like when i started getting acne on my face and you know i i started like caring that like a lot of my friends or like my classmates they never had acne so i was like why do i only have acne and then that's also when i started like swimming and balancing swim and like um softball they were like my like the two sports that I loved playing and that I played like basically for like the majority of my life but I don't know it was just like kind of so much coming at me in middle school that I kind of like brushed it off like I was able to like control it and like manage everything but then when I got into high school everything just was kind of like um Oh my god, I don't know what the word is. But basically, like, everything was just heightened. I became more aware that all of these things could impact my life. Like, at the time, I thought my self-image was everything. That I had to look a certain way to fit in. And I had to, like, dress a certain way. And I had to, you know, like, have a boyfriend. And I had to, like, have a date to homecoming. Or whatever dance it was. And that... Like, I had to be the top of in the top of my class with my grades. And I also had to be, like, a really good athlete. You know what I mean? Like, all these things just kind of, like, hit me. And I think I managed high school really well. I'm, I'm really proud of the way I pushed through high school. Because, like I said in, like, my previous episodes, my very first episode, um, if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to that one. <laughs> but basically... That's when I talked about like me not having self-confidence. And I think the way why my self-confidence struggled was I was so concerned on sports and school that I never left time for me. I never left time for Ale. Like I never gave myself a chance to learn more about me. I was mainly just focused on the things I was good at. And I didn't love myself, like I was saying. And I should have left more time for that. And if, like, any of you guys are in high school now listening, 
Like, give yourself that time to love yourself. Give yourself that time to fall in love with yourself now. Because I wish I would have loved myself back then because I love myself now. But if I would have loved myself back then, like, I would have been on top of the world, like, confident queen, like, all throughout, like, life, you know? And I'm so grateful I have it now. And like I said, it takes time. Like, you have to find it yourself. Like, I can't just tell you, be confident. Like, like me just telling you just to be confident, like, it's not going to do anything. Like, you have to find it on your own. But, like, just work on yourself and give yourself time to, like, get to know you. To find out what you like, what your hobbies are, what you don't like. You know what I mean? But another thing was, like like I said, I was always so concerned about being, like, a top athlete or being well-known or being in the top of my class. And, like, for what? <laughs> Literally, for what? Because, guess what? I'm at my dream school. I'm at Pepperdine. It took a couple of tries, but I'm here, and that's all that matters, right? And I just, like, of course, like, grades and, like, sports, like, all of that matters. Like, don't get me wrong. It really does. But if you mess up one time, it's okay. Like, let yourself have a mistake because I used to beat myself up when I would make mistakes. I used to beat myself up so much, and it's like, now when I make mistakes, I just kind of like, you know what, Ale? It's a mistake. It's fine. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Like, I try not to dwell on it anymore because I know in the long run, like, everything happens for a reason and we make mistakes. No one's perfect. But I think another big thing that high school also brought me was, like, my best friends and literally so many other people who I still talk to today and even who support me on my podcast. And literally, you all know who you are because you literally snap me all the time, text me all the time with, like, the sweetest messages. And I want to thank you guys all because I met you all through high school and it was... It's just crazy to see how, like, those people that you meet then are still going to be, like, some of your biggest supporters later on. And, I don't know, that's kind of my... Those are my thoughts on, like, the transitions from middle school to high school. I know I kind of... I kind of talked a lot about boy stuff, but... (laughs) I don't know, it was a big part of middle school and high school for me. And, like, growing. And sports and school, like, I don't know. It's all kind of just tied into the person I am today. But onto some more stories I have to share with you guys. And I am literally exposing myself. I'm embarrassing myself so much. But we're going to do it. So my next big story. Guys, I lost my toenail about a year ago. <laughs> like I literally lost my toenail. Like my toenail like fell off of my toe. Like it's, it's literally the craziest story ever. I literally have it in a jar like right next to me. Oh my god. Who wants to see me post a picture of my toenail in the jar on Instagram? It's kind of gross, so if you don't want to see it, don't worry. But anyways, I lost the toenail. Let's get into it. Um, I was at Point Loma last year, and um, I remember Ashley was going home for the weekend. And for those of you who don't know, me and Ashley went to Point Loma together last year. And every other weekend when we would go home, we would always like offer one another a ride. So Ashley was going home. And I figured, why not surprise my parents and just, like, show up at my house? You know what I mean? Like, they're not doing anything. So I wake up early on a Saturday morning. Ashley and her wonderful mother, Diana, pick me up. And we head home. And they drop me off at my house. And, like, my parents, I didn't know if they were, like, I thought they were still asleep. So I get home. I ring our doorbell. Turns out they're not even home. They're literally on their way to my little cousin's soccer game in Irvine, California. So I call them. I feel so bad. They're literally, they're already running late. And they're with my grandparents and, like, my aunt. 
And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I'll just stay home. It's fine. Like, you guys go to the game. And they're like, no, we're coming to get you. So they turn around. They pick me up. And we drive to the game. And at this point, I already feel like crap because they had to turn around and get me. And I was trying to do a cute little surprise for my parents. And instead, I have to make them all stress out even more about picking me up from my own house. But it was fine because they were all excited to see me. And I was literally bumming it that day, too. I was wearing Birkenstocks, black jeans, and then, like, a Point Loma crew neck sweater. Like, I was I was not dressed to impress. I was dressed literally to go into my house and sit down and do nothing all day. But it was fine. And so we're driving to the soccer field, whatever, and we finally get there. And my grandpa, he has, like, he has, like, a handicap, um, like, parking sign. So he hangs on his rearview mirror, and we park in a handicap spot. And so we all get out of the car, and we're walking to the field, and then my mom's like, oh, can you help get the chairs out of the trunk of the car? So I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. I turn around, and I grab the chairs out of the trunk of the car. Well, as I'm walking towards the field, you guys know how they're, like, there's, like, those cement parking blocks in front of, like, a parking spot. I hope that makes sense. Well, for the handicapped ones, it was painted blue. And what I didn't realize was sticking out from this cement parking block was, like, an extra piece of metal like a piece of rebar or whatever like sticking out from the parking block but it was spray painted blue like why why would they do that so anyways little miss ale is literally walking to the field holding the chair and i trip over this parking block and i'm like oh that hurt like oh i'm so stupid and my mom's like oh my god and we're like oh i'm so clumsy because for those of you who know me i am so clumsy i am one of the clumsiest people ever. Like, I'm, I literally have bruises all over myself because I run into things, like, 24-7. But anyways, I look down at my foot because I'm wearing my Burks. So, I um, wanted to make sure, like, my toes were fine. You know what I mean? Because I had just painted my toes, too, like, the night before. So, I need to make sure, like, my polish didn't chip. And I look down and my foot is bleeding. And it's, like, I don't, it's, like, my, it was my ring toe if that makes sense the toe right next to my pinky toe it was that one I call it like my ring finger toe whatever it was bleeding blood was like everywhere and my toenail is half on my toenail okay guys sorry this is kind of graphic explanation so I get if you have to fast forward but my toenail was jammed into like the side of like my toe so it was like half off and like lifted but it got jammed like in more into the skin of my toe and so it was like jammed in there and half off and I start bawling my eyes out bawling my eyes out I was a wreck you guys and I already feel bad because my cousin's soccer game is like already like like it had it had already started and I feel bad because then my whole family is like watching me like trying to take care of me or whatever and then Of course, we couldn't leave right then and there to take me to urgent care. You would think we would go right to urgent care. No. I had to wait until the soccer game ended for my family to take me to urgent care. And it's not like it was like because um, it's because we all drove in one car. And it's like we didn't know how long we would be at like urgent care. So obviously, like, obviously, we had to wait till the game was over or whatever. I don't know. But basically, then my... 
Papa, I love you, but my grandpa literally thought I was, like, kidding, and he was, like, he was taking pictures of me, like, sitting in the chair crying with my, like, toe bleeding, and then he, like, came up to me and actually looked at it, and he felt so bad because I was literally bleeding everywhere. So, yeah, I had to sit through an entire soccer game um, until I had to go to urgent care to get my toe fixed. So then we rush on over to a little urgent care in Irvine, and we would go in. I have to wait like 20 more minutes too. Not even 20. It was like 40 minutes to see the doctor. And finally I go in. We're seeing the doctor. And he comes and he looks at my toenail. And I'm like crying. Because guys, like I love it when like my toenails look really cute and like manicured. And I can't really wear sandals if like my toes like don't look cute. And I like love the way my toes looked. And I was just so sad because it takes like six months for a toenail to fully grow back. Like, half a, half a year. And so I was like, you're kidding me. Like, you're joking. And so basically, the doctor says he has to numb my toe, numb my foot, basically, and take off my toenail. Or I can leave the toenail on and wait for it to fall off. Like, what? No, I'm not going to wait for the freaking toenail to fall off. It was already in so much pain. I was like, rip that bitch off anyways. So he's like, okay, we're going to numb it, and then I'll remove the little gal. So we're sitting there. Oh, my God. It Also, for those of you who have not heard this story and you want to see videos and or pictures, let me know, and I will gladly send them your way. But basically, I'm sitting in the urgent care, and he's, like, numbing my foot, and I don't feel any of it, luckily. Like, the first few shots, I felt them, but then after a while, like, the numbing whatever was working. So I didn't feel any of the pain. And so we're sitting there and he's numbing my foot and finally he like rips off my toenail. He ripped it off like so fast too. And then we were done and he bandaged it up and I got sent home. And then they, the nurse, it was funny. The nurse goes, do you want to keep it? And she laughs like, cause she was kidding. And I was like, yeah, can I? <laughs> like who asked to keep their toenail? That's like rotting off. And she was like, okay, I'll put it in a jar for you. And she put it in, like, a little urine sample cup. So that is the story of how I lost my toenail and why I now own my lost toenail in a urine sample cup in my bedroom. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I have another embarrassing story for you guys. And this is the time I got called out by a radio show host in San Diego. So backstory. When I was at Point Loma... Um, I took this class called audio production and one of our little like cute field trips um, was we went to the iHeart radio station in San Diego and we got to meet like radio show hosts and just kind of like see the inner workings of a radio station. And also, mind you, this story happened like the same week I lost my toenail. So two tragedies in one week, like, huh? Anyways, um, we go to the radio station. It's so fun. We're taking the tour, and then we meet one of the radio show hosts, and, you know, he's showing us his booth. He shows us how he, like, cues up songs and how he talks to, like, the audience, and at this point, I'd already, like, been wanting to start my own podcast. Um, me and my friend Sierra, shout out to Sierra um, at Point Loma, we had our own little radio show, so I was already super interested in that, and he asked if anyone wanted to, like, say something, like, practice saying something on the air or whatever, and I was like, oh, I'll do it. Like, I was being bold. Like, little shy Ale was being bold. And he's like, okay, like, you're just going to say, like, your name, what year you are, and, like, where you go to school. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. 
So it's like my turn to say it. And I'm like, hey guys, I'm Ale Hurtado. I go to point. Uh, no, I was like, hey guys, I'm Ale Hurtado. I'm a freshman and I go to Point Loma Nazarene University. And I literally, I also have a video of this. And Sierra's like taking a video of me. And one of my classmates was like, you said Nazarene. And I was like, huh? And then everyone in my class just starts laughing at me because I said Nazarene. And I'm like, the fuck? No, I didn't. I did not mess up. If you listen to the video, I guess you can kind of hear me say Nazarene kind of weird. But I did not. I was literally saying it the way I always do. And I think it's just because I talk really fast that Nazarene just kind of sounded weird. I don't know. But then this grown man, this grown radio show host man has the audacity And he goes, yeah, she really doesn't know how to talk then, huh? I'm like, you did not. He just, he he literally told me I didn't know how to talk. Like, the fuck? That, like, boiled my blood because I was 18 and he's a grown man calling out, like, me. Like, I'm a college student. First of all, rude. Second of all, like, I already was so anxious about it and I was so nervous about speaking up and then I get made fun of by everyone. Like, that's not cool. And if I had the confidence at that time, I could have just been like, it's fine, like brush it off. But no, the rest of the day, it haunted me. I wanted to go in a corner and cry when that happened. I was literally in front of my whole entire audio production class and I wanted to bawl my eyes out crying because of it. But I am honestly kind of glad that happened because I remember in that split second, the moment that man taught me that, I said, I'm going to rise above him and I'm going to show him that I'm going to, I'm going to be something. I'm going to be something great. I'm going to be bigger than he is or he ever will be. Because the fact that he had to belittle a college student and just like make fun of me and then make my entire class laugh at me. And I literally wanted to cry. Like I wanted to pull my eyes out and cry. I'm like, okay, screw you. Watch me. Watch me glow up watch me thrive in like the television and film industry or like the radio industry or whatever and I'm gonna in my head I was like I'm gonna become bigger than you and you're gonna want to be like my fan one day I'm gonna be like screw you dude because you made fun of me anyways um kind of made that a bigger deal than it was but yeah it kind of haunted me but I'm glad it did like I said because look at me now I got a little podcast um Even though I only have a few listeners at the moment, I'm grateful for every single one of you. And I still have a platform, you know what I mean? And I have faith in myself. I know I'm going to become big in this industry one day. So that was when I got caught out by a radio show host. And you guys, these stories just do not end. I'm not even close to being done. I have some cute little work stories to share with you guys. Um, Basically just kind of like crazy little customers Uh, if you guys want like a whole episode of like work stories let me know but I'm just gonna share some highlights okay so basically one time I was at work and it was just like a normal chill day me with my managers and my sales associates whatever and all of a sudden I see these two kids walk in and they're just like shopping around being kind of loud but they're also like pretending to look at stuff they were these two dudes and they're like shopping in the women's section like shopping like um like they just like looked very confused about what they were doing and then I was like okay and they were just like kind of like standing behind our displays and like I don't know they're just being like weird and then one of them like has a camera out so I'm like are they trying to like take a little photo shoot here in our store like okay 
And anyways, um, I'm kind of keeping an eye on them. But then when I see them whip out their camera, I'm like, I go on our, like, walkie and I'm like, guys, there's a customer in the middle of our store and they have a camera out. And then my manager goes, huh? And we look across the store and the his friend jumps up onto our counter next to our cash registers and yells, guys, I'm going to be a dad to my sister's baby. And then, like, jumps off and, like, they both run out of the store. And we were like, huh? Like, already, I had already known this was, like, a trend on TikTok. But I was like, what is going on? Like, who who do these children think they are? They're not even, like, children. These They're probably, like, teenagers. Like, pretty much grown teenagers. And then they, like, run out of our store. Like, why? Like, why did that have to happen? Who who let them? Anyways, um, that was one little story. Oh, I have, like, another story where there was a customer. This was, like, um, the beginning of January, I want to say. Customer comes in and he's trying to do a return, which I'm fine with. I know how to handle a return, you know. But he had, like, sunglasses on and, like, his hood on. And, like, he was being very short with me and, like, didn't really want to talk. But I was fine. I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, maybe it's not his day. And he's wanting to return these pants. <clears throat> and so when he bought these pants, they were on a promotional deal. They were buy one, get one half off or two for 60 or something like that. And so when, when you're returning pants... You're only going to get the money back that you paid for it. So he got them at a discounted price. He was going to get the discounted price back. You know, like we're not going to give him full price for a pair of pants he paid at a discount with, you know, because he and then he was trying to buy like two other pairs of pants. And so basically he wanted to order a pair online and then purchase a pair in store. So there's like this whole process I had to do, but I basically had to return the pants and then like, use the credit from the returned pants to pay for the two new pairs. So, obviously, the discounted amount he was getting back, that was the money that was going to cover the pants. So, he was going to have to pay a little bit more than what he originally paid because, like I said, he's not going to get the full money back for pants he got at a discounted price. But anyways, I'm asking him questions. I'm like trying to talk to him, trying to communicate with him, being very short with me, not really talking back, just looking on his phone. And like he was just not giving me like he was just not being. um. He just was being very quiet, like he literally wasn't even talking to me. And I'm like, dude, but I was doing my job right. And so I wasn't going to give him back the full money that he paid for that he didn't pay for, if that makes sense. I hope this makes sense. Anyways, I'm ringing up his new, like, purchase of the pants, and I tell him there's a balance he has to pay. And then that's when he starts to care. He goes, what? Why do I owe you money? Like, these pants are supposed to cover these new pants I'm getting, like, blah, blah, blah. And I explained to him everything I just told you guys. I literally told him everything. And he, like, doesn't understand. And he's getting mad at me. And he's like, you're trying to take my money. You're trying to do this. Like, why do you want my money? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I call my friend, my friend over, Chris. Shout out to Chris. And he's like, I explain to Chris what I'm doing. And Chris is like, yeah, you did it right. And I'm like, exactly. And so he didn't understand the problem. And I was like, the customer is upset. And so then he's like, okay, then we need to get the manager because... Like, he's like, that's something I just can't do. I'm like, okay. So I asked my manager. I tell her everything. And she goes, yeah, what's the problem? And I said, 
he's mad he has to pay money and then he was like well she did something wrong like this and that like she says I owe her money when I don't owe her money and this man's like attacking me and like I'm 19 years old like dude I'm working my retail job like the least you can do is just be a little nicer to me and just be like hey like um I don't understand why I need to pay money you know not like oh why are you trying to take my money like you know what I mean like bruh chill anyways I'm literally at the brink of about to cry and then our other manager, he comes out. And so my, my manager I was with, she calls him over. And they're both trying to work on this. And the man is, like, still, like, mad at me. Like, getting frustrated with me. And I look at him and I said, I'm sorry, but I didn't know. And then my manager looks at me and he goes, Ale, if you want, like, you can go back on the floor. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I leave. And then he, like, calls me over. And he's like, so what happened? Like, explain to me what happened. And I basically tell him everything. And I'm literally about to cry to him. And shout out to my manager he's so sweet and he was all like it's fine like it's not your fault like don't even worry about it like brush it off like these things happen and but I literally wanted to cry the rest of the day because that man yelled at me and then when my other manager was done dealing with him she was all like Ale I'm so sorry like that dude was a jerk like this and that but it's like why me like I know this happens to all my friends at work too but like why do like if you guys go into a retail store like just be nice to the workers there because they're doing their best they're doing their job unless they're being like blatantly rude to you that's like like don't, you don't need to get upset because we're out here trying we're all just trying here okay Alrighty, um I think that's enough of the work stories like I said if you want more work stories there's so much stuff that's happened to me at work I can do an entire episode on them um but next I'm gonna talk about a little bit of zoom anxiety and I hope I'm sure um, all of you have experienced Zoom anxiety before. But basically, this literally happened to me like a month ago in my January class. But I've always been so paranoid on Zoom. Like, I'm always making sure my mic is on mute. And I'm always making sure that, like, um, like no one's walking in the background of my frame and that my Wi-Fi works. Because, like, one time I was talking on Zoom and then my my Wi-Fi, like, cut out and then... I guess I was frozen to my entire class and my professor goes, she's frozen for everyone else too, right? And everyone's like nodding their head yes. And he's like, okay, let's move on. And I'm so embarrassed because I'm there still presenting my freaking topic. So anyways, I just get really anxious when I'm going on Zoom because I don't want to embarrass myself like that. But it was really the second day of my January session. And this class is early. This class is at 8 a.m. every morning. And I was tired. And, you know, I was, like, moving my little camera on my Zoom screen because it was bothering me that it was on the right side of my screen. I wanted it to be on, like, the top next to my camera. So I move it to the top. And I guess when I moved my camera to the top of my screen, I unmuted myself. And I let out the biggest yawn ever. Like, so loud. It was so loud. And I was like, I can yawn. I'm on Zoom. I'm on mute. And then my professor goes, she, first of all, doesn't even say my name right. She goes, Allie, did you have a question? And I shake my head no and I put myself on mute and I felt so embarrassed. And I look in my other screens and my classmates were laughing at me. And I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. It was it was bad. Um <laughs> those are some of like the stories I could literally think of at the top of my head. But to finish off the episode, I'm also gonna talk about another topic someone gave me. Shout out to Ashley, you gave me this topic, but she shared, she asked me to talk about sharing a happy story and a sad story from 
my life. And so I'm going to share um, a story that kind of happened to me recently. So for those of you who really know me, um, unfortunately, a couple months ago, I lost my great-grandmother. And I love her. She's the best. <laughs> my mommy. But she lived a beautiful, great, long life. Lived to be 101. <laughs> like, that's insane. Like, pop off, mommy. I'm so proud of you. But that woman was the rock of my family. The rock. She, she means the world to all of us. You know, ever since I was little, she kind of just taught me how to care for things from a very young age. And she taught my mom so much, so many things that my mom has just, like, taught to me. Like, she really taught my mom how to be a great, strong mother and care for her children. And my mom just talked so highly of her grandmother that I always looked up to her, too. And my mommy was just one of the sweetest ladies ever. And... My family, throughout my whole life, we've gone through a lot, I would like to say. And I think right now we're all kind of just thriving. Um, But by far, losing my great-grandmother was the hardest thing we've had to go through. The hardest thing. Because, for those of you who know me, I don't really like to talk about my emotions. Like I I always say, I keep everything kind of bottled up. I don't really like to talk about the things I go through or my feelings, it just all kind of stays in my head. But in the end, it it makes me kind of go crazy. And so losing my great-grandma was really hard because the day we lost her, my mom called me just like bawling her eyes out. And that was already hard to see because I I knew what what, what she was going to tell me. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share too many details, but I'm just gonna talk about just I think it's always hard to lose anyone in your family. And my condolences go out to anyone who's lost a family member during these times because it's hard. It's not easy at all. It's not easy whatsoever. And I feel for you and I'm always here as an outlet if you wanna talk. But losing my great grandmother was tough because like I said, she was our rock of our family. She she really just taught us like how to love one another, how to care for one another. And I remember the day after I lost her, I just I kept going and I kept going crazy. I got the chills. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't do school. I couldn't work. Like I I was a wreck. I would I just felt nauseous like 24/7. And it was hard on my whole family, but I think my great-grandmother just left the biggest impact on all of our lives, and she was the reason why we would always go back to Guatemala and why we would always visit family out there, and and she just kind of, she really just brought us all together. Like, our love for her and her love for us just really brought us all together closer as a family, and... I know my great-grandma is resting very peacefully up in heaven. And she's watching over all of us. And she's with my great-grandpa too. But um, that was something that was really hard kind of to go through lately. And 
I'm just really grateful that I I had the chance to get to know her in my life and I had the chance to call her my great-grandmother and I had the chance to have like know what it felt like to be loved by her because she truly truly loved me and my brothers and my entire family and she really just taught me how to care for things and she taught me you know I like I like she just taught me how to keep a family together and so that was one of my harder stories in this past year but I think another thing you know all this taught me is that it just really made me realize like how her impact on me as like a young child has brought me to the person that I am today because I feel like she just always taught me how to care for things and care for others and that's what kind of brings me to like my happier stories it's like the reason I just care so much for other people is because like you need to just cherish the time that you have like the people that you see every day in your life like be so grateful that you have them be grateful to call them like to think of them as a part of your life you know and it just like it really makes you stop and think about your friends and your family and just everyone around you and like the life that you live and the things you're able to do every day like I think that's why I'm just happy all the time and I think that's a big thing that people always ask me is people always ask me like Ale how are you so happy or Ale you're always smiling like how do you do that and it's it's because I'm I love life like I'm grateful for every second I get on this earth Every time I see any person that's my friend, I smile. I have the biggest smile on my face. Anytime I see any family, I have the biggest smile on my face because I'm just happy to be alive and I'm happy to be surrounded by people that I love. And like, that's why I love helping people because if I can make someone else's day better, like, that makes my heart happy, makes me feel so fulfilled. Like, me being able to share happiness to others or make someone else laugh or make someone else smile or just show someone else that they are loved by me it just it makes me so so happy and I think that's just like that's just how I am happy all the time guys and I think that's why I'm always just wanting to talk to you guys on my podcast and just share my stories and share my life experiences so you know you're not alone and so maybe I can even inspire you to you know live a happier lifestyle and encourage other people or inspire other people or just let other people know that you're there for them you know Like, it's such a special and rewarding feeling. But that's all I really have for you guys today. I want to thank you for coming along on my crazy stories. Um, I know I I shared a lot, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I've told these stories like a million times. So I hope for those of you who haven't heard these stories, you guys enjoyed it. But yeah just remember to stay happy stay positive there's always something better coming your way guys everything happens for a reason everything nothing i don't think anything's ever really a mistake like ozzy said in my last podcast it's only a mistake if you make it a mistake everything happens for a reason guys and i'm just so blessed and so grateful to have all the people in my life that i do now and i love you all And I just want to thank you guys so much for just giving me, just for supporting me on my podcast and like letting me just like vent and rant to you guys all the time. I seriously love every single one of you and 
please let me know. Like I always say, let me know if there's anything you guys want me to talk about on my podcast. I can devote an entire episode to it or just like a little section of my podcast to it. If you want to send me cute little ideas, follow me at at she talks podcast with two t's at the end on instagram or follow me on instagram too on my personal account at underscore ale hurtado but i want to thank you guys so so much for the support and the love and thank you for listening to me this week and that was episode six of she talks and i'll talk to you guys later bye